Lord, we are so thankful that you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Lord, we don't even understand how you can love us the way you do. Or that you could love us the way that you do. But you don't uh, wait for our understanding. You just love us anyway. Lord, I pray that it would settle into our spirit this morning. We just get it. That everything we need is found in your presence. Everything. You even told us not to worry about what we're going to eat or what we're going to drink. Just seek you first. Well, I pray that this morning as we come seeking a word from you, your presence, whatever we come seeking, Lord, may it be you that we find you draw us even deeper into that love relationship with you we do love you lord we thank you that you loved us it's in jesus name we pray amen amen there was a little austrian village in the in the alps of austria and uh, they were going to have a christmas eve service but their organ was broke and uh, they weren't going to be able to get it fixed before the Christmas Eve service. But the, uh, the pastor, um, he had a group coming in and they were, they were going to do a little skit and things. And, and um, as he was going home, it was two nights before Christmas. As he was going home that night, he just stood there on the hillside overlooking this quiet little village. And uh, he was reminded of a poem that he had written several years before. So he goes to his house as he's just kind of contemplating on the goodness of God, goes to his house, gets that poem. The next day he takes it to uh, his organist who also could play a guitar. So he takes that poem to the organist and said, could you put a tune to that? And the uh, organist, his name happens to be Franz Gruber. Maybe you know that name. Uh, together they created the most beloved song of all time, the greatest Christmas song ever sung. It was originally in German. It has now been translated into over 300 languages, and that's the song Silent Night. I don't know why that song so resonates with people so much, but it does, doesn't it? I mean, doesn't it with you? I remember as a, I don't know, I guess I was 12 at the time, uh, a, a little boy over in the brick building next door as we were having our Christmas service here at Sand Springs, and uh, I had a little harmonica that I got up on a platform and played Silent Night. We were part of the Christmas play. My, my mom had, had, had hooked me up with a bathrobe. <laughs> and, uh, and we had a real Jesus that year. And that Jesus was my nephew. And I got to bring him into the sanctuary and lay him in the manger. And just a sweet time. But that song, Silent Night. Maybe it's because our souls recognize the need for silence. We, we started last week talking about uh, being more intimate with the infinite and how we can uh, have some disciplines that will help us in that direction. And, and last week we talked about uh, ordering our lives, and that's the best way I can describe it, ordering our lives towards simplicity. And that the more 
complex our lives, the more complicated our lives, the more comp- uh, chaotic our lives, that it pushes us away from that simplicity. And, and, and in so doing, it, we, we don't have that closeness with the Lord. And, and we need to order our lives to become more simple in order to be able to, to have that, that margin in our life in which I can draw near to God. Because everything I need is found in his presence. And you can say amen every time I say that. Because <laughs> I'm going to say it a lot. <laughs> everything I need is found in his presence. So there you go. <laughs> Catch it on, ain't you? I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 9 and 10. It's written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. As we look at that passage of Scripture, what you're, saying, what you're seeing here is in, in this quotation of another passage of Scripture, uh, Paul is highlighting the fact that your human faculties cannot comprehend how much God has for you. You can't with your physical eyes see it. You can't with your, your, your just your feelings feel it. Uh, you can't with your human faculties understand just how much God has prepared for you. But God, amen, <laughs> I love the but God. Verse 10, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. You need the spirit of God to reveal to you the things of God that he has for you. And so, but God has revealed them to us, the deep things of God. He has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. And we as God's children need to go deeper. Uh, it's, it's chronic across the church of America, superficial Christianity. And I, I'm telling you, it, it's, it's, a, it's an issue in which every one of us has been guilty. We, it, going deeper just seems like a task. And so I would rather just have me a little devotional thought in the morning, a, a nice little encouraging sermon on Sunday, and, and go home and go on about my business. But I'm going to tell you, it's not satisfying. And I'd love to be able to just come and give you a nice little encouraging uh, uh, devotion of a message, but it wouldn't do you any good. It would last about as long as you got to the door. And then after that, real life hits you. And so, and we're in the Christmas season where everything is chaotic and crowded and and busy. and, and, And I thought this will be the perfect time to talk on the disciplines that will help us to go deeper. Amen. So last week we talked about simplicity and today we're talking about silence. Silence. How many of us are uncomfortable with silence? None of you are being honest. <laughs> it's uncomfortable, isn't it? Sometimes sometimes I come on and it's just automatic. I click the TV or I turn on the radio in the pickup truck. It automatically comes on. Uh, we want noise. We don't. We want. We want something. And I can't sleep in silence. I've already shown my ugliness to you and told you my brain overworks all the time, and so I have to have a TV on, and that's the way I go to sleep. So it takes my mind off of everything that's happening because I I have a hard time to bring my mind into stillness. But I have to. If I'm going to draw nearer to God, I have to. And so uh, in this this week series, this part of the series, I just want to look at the picture that is on the screen and use this as a reminder 
of these disciplines that will help us become more intimate with the infinite. And the number one was simplicity. Last week was simplicity. Is that not just the most simple little picture of a mother and a father, stepdad, and a child? And how it's just, it's just a simplicity to that picture, but also their silence. And that, I think that's why that, that song, Silent Night, uh, it, it is the most famous song of all time and the most beloved song of all time. And it's because we know our soul's need for silence. And that picture right there with the sleeping baby. You know, I raised two kids. When they're that age, we finally got them to sleep. And you come in the house loud, you would be silenced. <laughs> we just got them to sleep hush <laughs> and so just the picture is just a reminder of the disciplines that we need if we're going to draw more intimate with the infinite and deeper with God I want to look in Psalm 46 verse 10 Psalm 46 10 maybe you know this it's a powerful verse of scripture be still and know that I am God sometimes you just got to be still I have a problem being still. I, I have, I'm, I'm, sometimes I get antsy. I get up way early in the morning. Uh, Miss Christie, not so much. It's getting a little better over time. But uh, uh, by the time she gets up, man, I'm, I've already had two cups of coffee. I'm waiting on her to have the third. <laughs> I'm ready to be on about my day. And, and, and she'll look at me and she's like, you're getting antsy, ain't you? It's like, yeah, I need to get moving. I have a problem being still. And yet, if I am going to seek depth with the Lord, I have to discipline my soul into stillness. It's a discipline. It, it, it requires us to be intentional about it. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And, the, and, and what I want to cry out to God is, yes, and you'll be exalted in me. I want, to, I want to magnify the Lord because when I magnify him, I am most satisfied in him. And I want to cry out, yes, you will be exalted in all of that. And you'll be exalted right here in my life as well. Be still and know that I am God. Look at verse 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Did you see that the two go together? I'm going to read it all together this time. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. What is our part in this relationship? Just be still. Just be still. And let me be God. Quit, get, get your hands off, quit trying to finagle it, quit trying to fix it. You're just, you just intentionally point your soul in my direction. Be still and know I am God. Amen. Amen. Be still. Be still. How many of y'all have little children? You already, some of you already giggling. You always want to say, be still. Would you just be still? Be still. I am in, uh, in the, we have a hunting outfit. We do uh, upland bird hunting. And we have bird dogs. And there's no more stupid animal on the planet <laughs> than a German short hair pointer bird dog. And it is because they are so wired, like a, I, I seen it sim something similar one time. I saw a 110 drill plugged into a 220 outlet. 
And that's about how you describe a German short hair pointer bird. They are so hyperactive, crazy, you can't teach them anything. I'm just trying to teach them two commands. I got three German short hair puppies I'm working with, and, uh, and I'm just trying to teach them two things. Here <laughs> and whoa. And those are the two things they don't want to do. <laughs> they don't want to come here, and they don't want to woe. And so I, I, it just drives me crazy. I mean, I tell Chrissy, I do not have the temperament to work with these stupid bird dogs. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't deal with these things. I did two things. Here, and when I, I get a little handsy with them sometime, I'll be honest, and I hit that leash and, here, now they're up in my legs. Now they wrap me up, and I'm just like, and now I'm wanting to stomp on them. Get off of me. And then when they want to take off, whoa, nope, they're gone. Pew. And how many times do I think <laughs> how frustrated God must be with Eric Graham when he says, here, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> be still, know that I'm God. Well, maybe you don't suffer with those types of issues like I do, but I bet you do. <laughs> but I bet you do. Just be still. And in our stillness, we must be intentional to point our soul in his direction. Because in the stillness, and this is why many of us will avoid silence, is because the overactive mind will go to work and, and it'll take us to dark places. It'll take us into, there's several things that I struggle with that, that, that maybe you do. Uh, I've got some friends that are, there's some big shot people out there. Some that are big shot preachers. They get invited to preach at a uh, 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 mega churches. I never got one of those invitations. <laughs> I got some, some big shot friends who are businessmen. They're moving all around the country and they're making deals, making money, making a difference. And I just look at that like, man, they must be very successful. And, 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 and so in the stillness, I'm, I'm thinking about all of these things that they're doing. But you know what they're probably thinking about? Oh, I wish I had a more simple life. I wish I could be still. And so that's, that's the struggle. We have to be intentional in our, in our, in, in, in our discipline of stillness and quiet. And uh, Psalm 62 is such a great passage of Scripture that when we are intentional in this discipline of drawing deeper, that, that we need to direct our thinking toward the Lord. Look at it, verse 1. Truly, my soul silently waits for God. I mean, I don't want you to raise your hand because I'm not, uh, I might be discouraged by how many raise your hand, <laughs> but how many of you have a quiet time? Please don't. I mean, it would be awesome if everybody raised their hand. In your quiet time, is there silence? We used to call it quiet time. I was a youth pastor for 10 years, and in the 90s, we, we, had, we taught kids how to have a quiet time. Just this last week at Family Peace Project, I'm teaching how to have a quiet time. And, and, and yet, we oftentimes, in our time with the Lord, we will crank up the music. We'll, we'll listen to a preaching. We'll listen to a devotional. We'll, and what we really need to do is quiet. Just, just turn off everything. Just separate from the, the, the cacophony of all the chaotic noise that's going on around us and just be quiet. Truly, my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. 
He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Amen. I, I love how, how David can say, uh, even though chaos is going all around me. By the way, this is the man who ran for, for his life for several years with someone trying to kill him. And, and, and here he, he says, I'm not going to be disturbed within because I'm going to recognize and direct my soul toward the Lord. My soul silently waits for God. I want to drop down to verse 5. My soul. Now, he was, by the way, in verse 1, he's making a statement. And it's almost like when you get into verse 3 and 4, as he is kind of going over the issues that he's dealing with, that now he moves from this is where I am to uh, I actually need to get back there. So he starts preaching to himself, and he commands his soul, verse 5, my soul, wait silently for God alone. Do you ever have to tell yourself, would you just stop? Just stop it. Yeah, so I, I know we, we can relate to trying to get our kids to be still. We can relate to trying to get an animal to be still. But can, can you relate with me to say, I want, your mind, I want my mind to just be still. To just be still. My heart, my, any anxious thoughts in me, just be still. David commands his soul. My soul, wait silently for God alone. How hacked off do you get when someone shushes you? <laughs> shush, shushes you. Shush. I, I, I shush, you just don't shush me. <laughs> don't shush. And David says, hey, soul, mind, emotions, will, shh. Just, shh. Just calm down. Just settle down. My soul, he's talking to himself, wait silently for God. This word keeps coming up over and over again. Verse 1, my soul silently waits for God. And now in verse 5, he's telling his soul, wait for God. This word wait, I'm patient with everything except waiting. This business of, of waiting, just know that there's two ways that we can use this word. There's one where you sit passively by waiting for the active one to do something. But then there's the other one in which we sit eagerly ready to serve. I'm a waiter. Is everybody with me on that? Uh, I'm a waitress. I'm, a, I'm waiting for you to give me any indication that you're ready for me to serve. And I'm usually the second one. What do you want me to do, God? What do you need me to do? I'm ready to do something. You, ready to get, you got something for me? I'm ready to do something. And he says, I want you to wait for me to do something. See the two different ways we use wait, wait? I'm waiting on him to give me any indication that, oh, we're, we're about to do something. I'm off and running. And he's like, no, I'm going to do something. You wait. And here he says in verse 5, David is reminding, my soul, wait silently for God alone. For my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. This is a... This is a, like we just read in the previous verses of Scripture. David is telling himself what he needs to be like in verse 7. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. I like that. Can I preach that to you? Trust in him at all times, 
you people. <laughs> uh, pour out your heart before him. Pour out your heart before him. Pour out your heart before him. When, where, how. When you get still, when you get quiet, and when you just stop talking, the deep things begin to rise up. And now you're ready to speak. Does that make sense? When I am silent in the presence of God, now my laundry list doesn't really make much of a difference anymore. All of the things I need him to do and bless this and heal that and fix this. And Lord, would you please let us get that building started? And Lord, would you, you know, I need this to happen and this to happen and this to happen. I'm going down the list of things that I need him to do. And then he says, here's what I need you to do, son. I need you to shut up. Now, he don't say that. My mama said that's a bad word. I need you to be silent and wait. I don't like waiting. I'm going to be doing but your doing is keeping you from being what I want you to be. And the busyness of this life is just, it's just a facade just to cover over. If, I, if I'm busy, then I don't have to deal with what's going on in here. And David says, I need to pour out our heart to God. Pour out your heart before him. But it's ugly in there. He ain't going to like what I pour out. There's going to be some... Some anger in there. There's going to be some accusation in there. There's going to be some ugly. And he said, that's exactly what I want you to pour out. Some of it's towards you, God. I'm big enough. Let's hear it. I hadn't shared, with this in, shared this in a while, but the lowest point of my spiritual walk as a Christian, I was ready to walk away from my wife, Family, church, ministry, and God, everything. I was ready to, I'm out of here. I'm checking out. And in the midst of my deep, dark time, I started letting words come out of my mouth. And I start just saying exactly what I felt. Exactly what I felt. What did I do? I poured out my heart before God. And then it's like he said, you feel better now? You got that out. I didn't even know it was in there. I didn't even know it was in there. And I, and I wasn't going to ever find out that was in there as long as I continued to stay busy, 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 busy. But he shut down everything. Every plan that I had, every de desire that I had, he shut it down. And now I'm mad. But he had to get me still. So that I could see what I had going on in here. David says, pour out your heart before God. Good, bad, indifferent. Pour it out before God. Just give it to him. Let him hear it. Let him have it. But you're going to have to get still. You're going to have to silence the surroundings so you can silence your soul. That was good. I thought somebody would say something. But. <laughs> I want Lamentations. I want to read Lamentations real quick. If I can find it. I didn't mark that one. Lamentations is a passage that we don't often go to when you're looking for encouragement. 
because the nation of Israel had been taken off into captivity and you know what lamentations means. It means they're crying and they're sad and, and they're, they're crying out to God. And in Lamentations chapter 3 verse 25 it says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him. Isn't he though? He's good to those who wait for him. To the soul, here that comes again, to the soul who seeks him. And then verse 26, it is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. This was given to me by the Lord on January the 24th of 2022 when I was out at a retreat by myself, me and God, during our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I go and get away and I seek the Lord. And he gives me this passage of scripture. I'm going to start back in verse 25 and read all of it. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Amen. Aren't you glad? Like I done used up all his compassions yesterday. He's like, you got a new portion today. You got some new ones today. His compassions are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Amen. You know how I got that word? I mean, I've read... I've read it I don't know how many times, but the Lord highlighted it. You know how that happened, and and that was exactly what my soul needed in that exact moment. I mean, I got it all marked up, and and you know how? I got quiet and still. I got away. I got away from the noise, the busyness. I got away from radios and televisions and cell phones and all of the electronic devices that are supposed to take to give you more time and actually take away more time. I got away from all of those things and I got still with God and he spoke to me. Like Elijah, we, we want the excitement. We're ready for something dramatic. We, maybe you came to church today hoping something dramatic would happen. And here I am talking about, would you just shush? <laughs> and, and, and trying to encourage us to, to just get still and quiet and to see what's really going on in here and to look to the Lord and say, Lord, what is going on in here? You're the answer for it. Lord, the void, you feel. The hurt, you heal. And all of the busyness of this world won't stop it. It won't heal it. It won't fix it. All it does is cover it over. If I think I can stay busy enough and keep things loud enough, I won't have to deal with this stuff. And he says, this stuff is exactly where you dwell. And this is the stuff where life comes from. And this is the stuff you need to bring to me. And everything that we need comes from God. Amen. See, y'all supposed to say amen on that. I had to give you a reminder. Psalm 131. We're going to read the whole psalm. How much time y'all got? It's three verses. (laughs) 
three verses. Sometimes you have to surround, silence your surroundings in order to silence your soul. We have to be intentional. If we're not careful in the silence, our minds go a hundred different directions. Let's, I'm going to give you, this is three quick points. This will be awesome for you. The, the three enemies of the prayer warrior, three things. Three enemies of the prayer warrior, sleepiness. How many of you, man, you're really ready to get down to business with God, and next thing you know is old head doing the bob. Sleepiness, number one. Number two, strolling mind. This is mine, big time. I've disciplined myself. Sleepiness is no longer a problem. I get up in the morning, I'm starting my coffee. I spend time in at least an hour in the presence of the Lord. I'm not sleepy. I'm waking up. And, but mine is the strolling mind. Man, it's going all over the place. What all I got to do today? What's going on? Who's doing this? What's that? Strolling mind. Second enemy of the prayer word. Third enemy. And the first time this happens to you, it will shock you. Satanic thoughts. You're really ready to get business, get down to business with the Lord and to get serious about a relationship. And all of a sudden you have a thought comes into your mind like, where'd that come from? And then you start saying, I must be absolutely evil. No, but the evil one just put a thought in your mind. And so there's the three enemies of the prayer warrior. It didn't cost you anything. That's just a little side note. <laughs> but I say all that to say this. You're going to have to be intentional and recognize you have a real enemy that wants to keep you out of this deeper relationship with God. So you have to be intentional. You have to be vigilant. And Psalm 131 says, Lord... My heart is not haughty. By the way, I'm going to read the, the, actually the little title that someone has added to this inspired scripture. And it is this, simple trust in the Lord. I like simple. We're going to have to simplify our lives, many of us, if we're going to have this trust in the Lord. Simple trust in the Lord. And here's what verse 1, David wrote this also. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. In other words, I, I'm going to humble myself. Neither do I concern myself with great matters nor with things too profound for me. And that's, that's a good practice too, by the way. It is a, it's a very peaceable practice to say, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> that is beyond me. I'm not even going to think about it. I'm not going to even use the energies of my mind to give that a second thought. That's, that's not mine to deal with. And David said that. That's why he was. And I would encourage you to do that as well. When, if you have an overworking mind like mine, that you want to think about all of the details. I'm laying in the bed at 3 o'clock this morning trying to get this thing to shut off. And I'm dis disciplined myself that I'm not turning on that TV. If God wants to tell me something, here I am, God. But you're going to have to talk in the midst of me thinking about the building, the land, the truck, the... <laughs> The bird dogs, the, you know. <laughs> so you have to discipline yourself to say, I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm not thinking about that right now. Lord, my, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty, neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a child. Actually, in this past scripture, it says like a weaned child. Like a weaned child. But as we look to David, who had a whole lot going on in his life, he said, I took initiative and I quieted this soul. I have quieted my soul like a child.
I said, shh, be still, be quiet. It's hard, isn't it, y'all? It's hard. It's hard when our lives are so complex that there's so much going on. It's hard. You have to be intentional. You have to be directional. In other words, instead of meditating on nothing, and that is impossible, you are directional in your meditations. You start thinking about how awesome he is and how good he is and all the awesome things he's done for you. And, and if you want to think about some complexities, think about the complexity of God. And you know what? Everything you need is found in his presence. Y'all getting it? <laughs> it's found in his presence. We are in a, in a time of the season over all the year. We're in a time in which the schedules are crazy, busy, the marketers are at their best, and here's what they want to do. They're wanting to create discontentment in us. <laughs> because if they create discontentment in us, then they can tell us that their product will make you content. And so you have all of this stuff trying to create discontentment, trying to create, it's just a tool of the enemy if you let it be, but it's just a, the, the season that we're in. And so rather than let your soul just go with the flow of the world, Jesus says, my way, <laughs> it kind of goes in the opposite direction. It's narrow because not many people walk this way. It's, it's a straight way. And he's encouraging us to walk down it. And I, and I used to think they were parallel passages and, and, and one's this wide way that leads to destruction, destruction and one's this narrow way that leads to life everlasting. And, and now I think they're not parallel passages. They're one in the middle of the other. And like all of the world is going this way into self-satisfaction and chaos and craziness and confusion and complicated lives and, and, and just busyness and whatever. And, and he, he says, Christian... You're going to be like a salmon going upstream. You're going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to be directional. You're going to say, I'm going to press in to the presence of God. I am, in, I am determined to grow more intimate with the infinite. I am determined to say, I am not going to allow the sway of the world to take me with it. I'm drawing near to the Lord. No matter what it takes. If I have to cancel some things... Yes, I want to be true to my word. I'm going to be better at, at my calendar after this. I'm, going to be, I'm not going to be adding those things to my calendar. If I'm going to have to do some things that are, are going to, to make some people think that I don't like them as much, I'm sorry, I love you, but I love him more. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to get intentional and I have to get pretty dramatic and I'm going to be more intimate with the infant. I am going to draw nearer to the Lord. I'm going to go deeper in my walk with him. Amen.